Hi, I'm Gio Puyat, and this is Quentong Creatives, a podcast to get to know the stories, strategies, and lessons of Filipino creatives from different fields. Quentong Creatives is produced by Anima Podcasts. Okay, welcome to another episode of Quantum Creatives. And for this episode, I'm excited to say that we finally moved over to a face-to-face interview. So, magkaharap na kami ng guests, we're in the same room, we're talking, and there's really nothing like it. I actually really much prefer it to all these years of Zoom interviews. Although, we still will have online interviews just when it's convenient, especially kapag yung guest taga ibang bansa or something. But... I will try to have these live interviews as much as possible now and we'll also be releasing video content so clips of some of the highlights of these interviews. So for this episode, we have a very talented guest. He is a singer, songwriter, and a wonderful dancer. His name is Dom Guyot and he just released a single on Spotify called Mayari. It is a pride anthem based on LGBTQ plus experiences and it's a wonderful song. I hope you can go listen to it after this interview. And we get into a lot in this conversation. He has a really interesting backstory being this gay boy who grew up in Cebu and is now making it in Manila. And we also talk about his songwriting where he was able to take these experiences, some of them painful, and turn them into something artful and songs that inspire other people. And we also get into some advice. He's also very honest about his experiences in the music industry. So anyone who's really willing to break through, I think, will find that interesting. And throughout the interview, he just sprinkles it with some Beyonce quotes and just really getting his inspiration from Queen Bee herself. So I hope you enjoyed this episode with Dom Guyot. Okay, so welcome to a new episode of Quantum Creatives. We are here live in the artillery studio with Dom Guyot. And right next to Dom, if you're watching the video, is my dog Dylan. Papapansin. <laughs> Sumama sa frame para magpa-cute. <laughs> Dylan and Dom. Today. Dylan and Dom. Yeah, on the couch. Perfect. <laughs> okay, so let's start things off. Now, today we have a talented singer, songwriter, dancer from Cebu with this buttery smooth vocals over fresh R&B beats with songs that speak proudly about the LGBTQ experience. His music has garnered millions of plays on Spotify and he's just getting started. So he's coming out with a Pride Anthem this June. Welcome to the show, Dom Guyot. Welcome, Dom. Hi, everyone. Hi, besties. Thank you for tuning in. I love Kuya Gio and everything and Dylan. So yeah, I'm excited to talk about everything. Yes, yes. So I want you to talk about today. Yeah, so you you came in here with a bag. May rehearsals ka mamaya. Can you tell us about what you're going to do after the pod? Parang busy ka this week, no? <laughs> yeah, so I've been rehearsing a lot for my show and hopefully music video. So we've been rehearsing day in and day out. And yesterday, I had a whole day shoot for content. And after, I went to rehearsal at 8 to 11. So today, after this, I'm also doing rehearsals. I'm kind of... I'm Because I'm really... I'm, an, I'm a very anxious person when it comes to performing. That's why I want everything to be perfect. And so, yeah, I really dedicate my time to really rehearsing. Because if Beyonce at her peak would really work hard, why would I not, you know? So, yeah, that's... That's it. <laughs> awesome. What a perfect segue because I was going to ask you 
I mean, speaking of mga idols in la- live performances, who better to look up to than Queen B? Diba? So yeah, I was gonna ask, no, just like a segue from Beyonce, I wanted to ask how music first came into your life, like as a fan. But diba? we know you're a musician, but usually parang revelation yun, eh, unang experience with music you identify with. So yeah, how did music first come into your life? Okay, I'll be honest. As a well, my dad growing up, he would buy me the DVDs of Beyonce, of Beyonce concerts. Love it. Remember the Blu-ray DVDs? Yeah, yeah. He would buy that for me and Rihanna concerts and musicals, Celine Dion concerts, Whitney. So that's what that's what. The, a little gay boy from Cebu would follow around, dance around. So I knew her sets. I knew her. I if I think until now, I still know a couple of them through muscle memory. And so, yeah, I feel like growing up, I always knew I was going to be a star, and I always knew I was going to perform, and I always knew I was going to touch lives the way they did mine. And so, yeah, that's why I dedicated a lot of my time, a, a lot of effort, and a lot of work into it. Because uh, being an artist, it's more than just the glitz and glam. It's also the hard work and most importantly, the message that you put out. And so, yeah, that's it. Beyonce, Ariana, Whitney, Rihanna, the girls. What were some of the early things you were doing? Was it dancing already right away? Was it singing? Well, growing up, oh, I've been learning how to sing. Or no, I've been trying to sing. <laughs> trying i've been trying to sing ever since i was a kid and then i stopped around high school because not everyone was kind about my voice because you know my my tone isn't like normal or like it it isn't the cookie cutter pretty type of voice so not everyone appreciated it when i was in high school i remember this one instance that made me stop singing it was during my fourth year, there was a competition in school and I was stuffed into doing it because no one in our batch was doing it. And so I did it. And that's a competition I did with my best friend, Janine Berdine, which we have a song. And we competed against her. She was in my lower year and she won, deserving. But like when I got, because we won first runner up, I sang Phantom of the Opera, which is more of the Broadway classical type. And so I sang it that way. And when I sang it that way, a lot of the kids... Did not appreciate it. So when I got back to the classroom, no one congratulated me. They just mocked the way I sang. As a teenage boy, that really affected my esteem and the way I saw myself and the way I saw my voice. And so when I went like further in education, I just focused on dancing because I thought, okay, this is where I'm good at. So I'm going to focus on this. But I always had this love for singing and it took me Four, not really four years, but three years to regain that love for music and to regain that love for singing and to regain that confidence to actually release music. And it took the right people to help me through it then. So I met my college friends that time and they really helped me a lot going through everything. When I hear your music, one of the things that stand out to me is the voice. It's It's so unique and it works so well. With with the songwriting, with the beats, even I think it makes you stand out even further, no? And paramaraming ang ganon sa music, no? Like different artists, some stuff they used to be insecure about, they kind of turned it into something that made them special, no? I mean, it makes a good backstory. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I want to ask then about, I guess, channeling Beyonce, you know, and with with all these things. Na when was the moment when you were like, gusto ko na in for a living, no? Because, I mean, you're probably having to balance all that with academics, singing, dancing practice, everything. When I was in 
I think around fourth year, um, the beginning of fourth year or third year yata yon, I started writing music again. I started making music, making my own songs, and it took me one year to have the confidence to record it, release it, and do the whole thing. So that time I was, I think I was working on my thesis and then OJT at the same time. And then I was competing in Hip Hop International in Manila with my team in Cebu as HD. And I don't know, I just felt like I could do it, so I did. <laughs> and so I started making music. And at first, I was like, at, at first, it was honestly pretty selfish because I just needed a way to cope. And music was my coping, writing music was my coping. And what happened was um, it got traction. The first single got traction, and the next got traction, and the next got traction, until I hit a million streams for the fifth song, which was Ambitions, the song I did with Joel Yan, and which who's also my best friend. And yeah, since then I was like, okay, this is for me. This is the path I want to take. So I quit my day job. I had I worked as a parang marketing person for a for an entire restaurant chain in Cebu, and I quit because like I knew this was what I was meant to do, and I knew. Now, I don't want to spend my days doing something that I don't love. And now I'm signed under Ariana's label, so I'm happy. I'm I'm happy. I'm grateful. I'm blessed. And yeah, I'm just I'm just really excited for what's to come. Yeah, can you tell us about that period in your life? Because I think that's what a lot of people can relate to, especially people who live outside Manila. Then, right? give us some context and what what it was like. You're a gay man living in Cebu. Wants Gay? to make it in music. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but living in Cebu and you know with that context and you know how did that dream seem like? Okay, honestly, as a minority of a minority of a minority of a minority, things were never like the system was never built for me. Because first of all, in the music industry, well, first of all, I'm Asian, Southeast Asian at that, Filipino. <laughs> And then I'm not from Manila, I'm from Cebu, and I'm a gay boy, so everything, like, it's not, it was really not meant for me. But, like, you know, to me, kasi, if you give people something that they can look up to or they can relate to, you give them space to belong. And so, to me, someone had to do it, someone had to be, so other people can. And so, that's what inspired me to really push it. Kasi, when I started making music, at first, it was really just me coping but then it became something bigger parang, oh other people feel the same way other people finally feel heard and this is what I felt through Beyonce this is what I felt through Whitney through Celine and now people are feeling it through me and like you know I just don't I just feel like now that it's something bigger and something like much bigger than who I am as a person I just really have to keep keep pushing and keep Showing everyone that there is someone you can relate to, that you don't have to go through it alone. Like you have me and my music to help you through whatever it is you need to go through. And yeah, that's it. Yeah, I just wanted to ask, did that help you get over, you know, some of the insecurities you had when you were younger? You started to notice that people were looking up to you the same way you looked up to your idols. As for the insecurities, naman, parang it's not because people adore me that I forget it. It's because I wanted to be better. And I wanted to be better for myself and for the people who look up to me. So I, that's the whole reason why I had to work on a better mindset, had to work on healing myself. Because how can I help other people heal if I don't heal within, diba? So that's, that's how it happened, na parang healing talaga within me. 
And then, yeah, slay. <laughs> and then you slay another day. <laughs> okay, let's ask to talk about the first album. No? Parang when you started to notice like a change. Were, were you working as a backup dancer before? And oh my God, yes. So, because I stopped singing. So, I worked as a choreographer and a dancer-dancer. Like a legit competing dancer. I won gold when I represented the Philippines and Australia. Yeah. And so like it's that level of like dancing. <laughs> and yeah, so Karen Sita, she's an artist who's under UMG now. She's my friend and I worked with her for Cebuana and Bam 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 and it went viral and it helped her song go viral then. And I'm forever grateful for her because I learned a lot. She's a really smart businesswoman and she's a really smart person person in general. And I appreciate that because I really had a lot of insights about the industry. Like it opened up like the world, like how the music industry works. But then I felt like I wasn't meant to be behind. <laughs> I know it sounds narcissistic, but I felt like I deserved to be on the center of the stage singing and dancing. Because I feel like a lot of people nowadays, a lot of artists nowadays, they don't re- they love they want to dance, but they don't put in the time to learn and rehearse and practice. And so I wanted to be that parang someone who can do it all, talaga, and someone who breaks the boundaries and someone who just someone who breaks the boundaries and slays, talaga, like legit, yeah. Yeah, ang ganda kasi you. You made it to where you are now because you came from a background where you really put in the work and the yung parang ethos of like pursuing your passion and dami mong binabalance at the same time, no? Yeah, like where 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 do you think that comes from? No? That, that, that motivation, that drive to Well, the balancing stuff, I think it comes it stems from like you know, growing up as a gay boy, you want to well, because in the Philippines, especially when I was growing up, we weren't really as accepted as we are now. Like, it was more of a tolerance. I remember, oh my God, I remember this one time during high school. I had a teacher who was a nun. And yeah, I remember she made me feel like, well, she actually said it in front of the class, na, being gay is a mistake or like it's a huge sin or like I'm never going to heaven. Like, that's what she said. And, you know, you when other people around you make you feel like, you're less of a person because of who you love or who you are, you're going to want to compensate. You're going to want to try to make them like you. Because I'm a Libra. I'm a people pleaser. Well, I was a people pleaser growing up. And so, like, I would do all these stuff to make people be proud of me. But I was never proud of myself until I made music. So, yeah, that's parang when I started making music, that's when I felt like, okay, I'm in control. I answer to myself now. No no one's telling me that this is wrong, this is right. And so, yeah, like, that's how I became a better person. But my family, let me just say, let me just be clear, my mom and my dad, they've always been supportive of me. As a gay boy, my mom would buy me Barbie dolls. And I learned through school, not every gay boy, like, goes through that. Because <laughs> a lot of my friends, like, a couple of them were closeted in high school and... Like, it just made me see the difference. So, Union, like, I wanted them to feel this parang a safe space in my music and me. Now, no matter if they feel like they have to hide who they are in society, when they listen to my music, they transport into this whole universe where they're accepted and they're heard 
without even saying a word. Ganun. It's so nice that you had that. Aside from, I mean, we all know what it's like growing up in like a Catholic school. And like, yeah, the Catholic school, man. But you had the home to kind of, you know, have a safe space. I mean, because we're five boys and we're two girls. Uh. <laughs> two gay boys. So it was really nice growing up with my gay brother. He's my closest one the family. including younger? Yeah, I'm the youngest. Oh, okay. And I had a cousin then who's he who's a gay boy then and a girl cousin who who's like us like she's just really fun and so like it's always it's always been like the four of us like and until now like they've been really supportive they're even part of like my group chat for my stands <laughs> it's crazy they're really nice and uh, they just make me want to work harder especially talaga my mom and my dad like i really want to work really really hard for them that's so nice it's really helpful to have you know people in your life na parang you know, aside from yourself, that kind of motivate you, you know, to do well. So yeah, let's move over to your first album, you Unbeloved. With all the, like, the ups and downs of like a young queer's journey. Can you tell us what it was like, I don't know, like processing all these hyper-emotional things into songs? Like, are you the type to just sit down and write or do things come up and you have to express them somewhere? When I was writing the album, okay, I'll be honest. When I was writing the album, talaga, I'm, I took advantage of every emotion I felt. So every time I felt a tinge of emotion, I wrote. Because <laughs> I was so inspired that time. I was, the album was about one person and my relationship with that certain person. And yeah, because of like the ups and like the crazy up and downs, I had a lot of like material to write about. And so I knew what I was experiencing. Other people were also experiencing the ups, the downs, and the neutral parts of the relationship and in life in general. Because that album transcends love. Na transcends love sa two people. Because it also talks about love within myself, which I really struggled a lot. And considering how I grew up, you know, as the like bullied and the school situation, the you're made to feel like you were a mistake and. Yeah, now that I'm more confident in myself and I believe in myself more, like, I listen to that album, but I skip a couple songs just because, like, it reminds me of how I felt and it reminds me of how bad my mindset was that time because of the surrounding factors around my life. Yeah, it's crazy how for some musicians, parang albums are like, photo album you look back on it and it's... It feels like a journal, honestly. A journal, yeah, yeah. Like a diary. Have there been people who, I mean, like ambitions is like millions of plays already. Have there been people who kind of reached out to you and told you about, you know, connecting to these journal entries? Okay, I'll be honest. This is my second honest take. <laughs> so I get a lot of Instagram DM saying, especially when one of my songs, Here For You, came out, which was about mental health. A lot of people, like, sent like really long messages about that song saving their lives. And like I'd screenshot them just so I could keep them in like I have a I have a I have an album on my phone called it's called like Anoyan messages that make me smile and tweets that make me smile and those are the tweets and messages about the songs and about how my songs touch them and save them and help them and because when I feel down well as a person I I'm either really high or really low like I don't know why it, why I'm like that like. When I'm high, I'm really happy. But when I'm low, I'm like depressed level. And so, like, I don't know why that is, pero when I'm down, 
you know, I, I, every time I feel like something's not going my way or like everything's falling apart, I just remember my purpose and I remember that through the messages I read. And so it reminds me, okay, yeah, like I should not, I should keep going because this is so much bigger than me. It's not, it's so much bigger than this problem. It's like this, I'm literally doing what I always wanted to do for the people like me who never had this, who never had a person to look up to na same talaga sa kanila coming from a small city in Cebu. Like it's crazy. That's so nice. That's so inspiring. I mean on a smaller level with a podcast. Sometimes when I'm working on the pod, I feel like, why am I doing this? It's so hard. But, you know, sometimes when there are people who reach out and we just started the Quiet Creatives community group on Facebook, which you should join. Um, and it's just nice seeing, like, faces and people who listen to the work you do. And I can only imagine for you that there are these messages that inspire you to keep... Because it's sometimes. No? I mean, the work that you really put into it never ends. So I'm sure those messages really help. Okay, so... Yeah, I think I wanted to move over to like the specific lyrics, right? Because with music, what's so cool about it is that it inspires empathy, you know? Kahit it's not, even if it's not your story, kahit ibang siya, you get to feel what it's like to be in the shoes of someone else. You know? So, you know, I'll read some lyrics to you and can you just unpack what these lyrics okay, mean? Okay, um, <laughs> <laughs> depending on what lyrics, not the, not the like, not safe for work ones. <laughs> Spotify, are you listening? <laughs> no promises, that's true. Um, okay, sa guho, right? So, yeah, so that's literally like about the queer community because a lot of people are scared to love in a world where they're not accepted and in a world where they get so much hate for being who they are. And especially in the Philippines, it's not still it's still not as accepted as in other countries. We don't even have the soji bill yet. Like it's not even approved. And so like we fight every day just for the chance to be with the one we love. And it, that's crazy. Like that's that's a human right. Loving is a human right, you know. And so yeah, like when I wrote that line, I specifically because I that was the first song i wrote in tagalog and that i think that was probably the last line i wrote like because i was finishing the second verse last and so when i finished the verse i was like Kundi magbukas ng bito. if you're not ready to come out the closet or open the door then i will i will be the one to make the key to set you free which i don't know i just felt like i slayed that <laughs> i ate that <laughs> take it own it yeah. yeah no i ate it like i know i ate <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like um, a, a lot of people, like that's the same thing. A lot of people literally post that line specifically because they relate to it. Na parang, oh my god, like okay, this is what happened when Guho came out. There was a gay boy, and I remember this vividly because I saved it on my phone. A gay boy proposed to his significant other using that song. He made like a cute little animated thingy. And he posted it on his story. And now they're boyfriends. Congrats, you guys. But, like, I'm just really happy. Now, like, that's the effect of music. Like, that's what happens when you're honest and vulnerable. And, again, when you give people something they can relate to. Because now they have a space to belong. And that's it. Like, I'm just really proud of that song. And it's, it's a risk, too. Because it takes you to be vulnerable about it. Putting it on a song for millions of other people to, to hear, right? Yeah, so that's why it's hard when uh, during release date talaga, like I off my phone because <laughs> I cannot handle 
the anxiety that I get during release dates because you never know how people are going to react. But every single time, my stands, they never disappoint me. My friends didn't. Every single one of them still supports me to this day. I've been making music for four years now. I was indie for three years, and the support hasn't changed. It just grew and grew and grew. And I'm just really grateful because, like, the little gay boy from Cebu never thought this would happen for him. But it did. And so I just have to really keep on working harder so I, I deserve the support they give me. Because I would, I never want to half-ass anything. I want to be, I want everything to be perfect. Because that's what they deserve. That's what all of my listeners who support me deserve. Because in my music, po, I everything is intentional. Every lyric, every instrument, and even like the arrangement, talaga. Because I, I know, I know it's so weird and so like crazy. But I'm part of the entire process. Even now that I'm signed, I'm still part of like the entire production process. I write all of my lyrics, the people I work with, everything, even my plans. Like most of them come from me, because I have a vision and I I want that vision to come to life. Because who better to know what my audience feels like than me, the right? Because I'm like them. I get it. I mean, I think that's why you are where you are because you have put that attention of detail into the work you do. I mean, because in a, I think in an era where people just a lot, a couple of people just do it for the sake or for like this is the formula or this is mm. like the or this is what's in right now. If you stick to who you are and what you have, what makes you special, then you're gonna stand out no matter what. I guess on that topic, no, do you ever feel tempted to just like? Let go, and I'm, I'm just gonna chill. I'm gonna, you know, lose that 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 work ethic or a bit. What keeps you sharp? Well, first of all, I love my stands so much to do that, and so I could never betray them like that. Cause you know, supporting someone, it's not easy. Like you spend time, you're giving them your time. You know, three minutes listening to a song, that's three minutes of your day. And to me, like I want to make. Because Dom Guyot is not just music, it's an experience. And so I want them to have that good experience talaga, no matter what. All of my songs, I never have asked, I have asked anything. Even the new song that I'm doing, I, I still made changes during the studio time. When I was in the studio, I thought about something that could make it better, and it did. And besides that, so that's one, my fans. I don't want, I would never want to betray them like that and just lose the work ethic that I've been and then I cannot do that to myself. I've worked too hard to get here. So I couldn't I cannot ever throw that away. As I said, Beyonce is at her peak. But she's doing her tour, working really hard. So why should I slack off? Like I'm still not there yet, but like she's not even slacking off now she's there. So why should I not do the best that I can and give the best show that I could possibly give and give the best track that I could possibly Because it doesn't make sense, you know? Beyonce is at the top of her game and she's still doing the most. And so why should I stop doing the most, you know? And lastly, my mom and dad, they've been super supportive of me. And a lot of people, like my, my grandmom and my granddad, who passed a couple, like two years ago na, after I released my album, my Lolo passed from COVID and my Lola, right after she got COVID with my Lolo, she survived, but she got cancer. And so she passed then. And they've been 
one of my biggest support systems. My Lola was the one who kept telling me, "Oh, you have to do this. You have you have to be on stage," because she always knew that it it was what I was born to do. And losing them, like it felt like you know, I kept losing people before I succeeded. Like I kept losing people. Now I wasn't stuck in the same spot, and that honestly made me feel like really bad and really like sad and i still think about it i i there hasn't been a day where i haven't thought about her or him and thought about how would how they would react to where i am now you know signed to an international label the same label as one of my biggest inspirations ariana and i feel like they would really be proud of me i just wish it came sooner and there's nothing wrong with saying that and accepting that we all have our own timelines and we just have to accept it and move on i had a dream about my lolo like a couple days ago it just made me miss him even more and my aunt too she passed in of cancer just that last february yeah it's crazy how i don't know life goes on i also lost someone who was really close to me like 2018 and it was just like his recent death aniv And then, parang kuya ko siya, ganun, tito. But yeah, it's just crazy how you know life goes on. But you also you can't help but think now, what would they think of if they were still here? You know. Because it was my Lola's birthday last June three, and I wasn't in Cebu to visit the grave, and so I had to. Well, I was in rehearsals. <laughs> I had to video call my cousin for just like a couple seconds, just so I could see how the how they looked there. I had to take a break from music. Because I had to take care of her, I was the one who volunteered to take care of her in the hospital. Because it was a long time. Because it was from COVID to cancer, it was just really hard on everyone, especially on her. And the one thing that made me feel really sad about it was because she's the type of person who wants to deal with it herself. Because she doesn't want to be a burden to other people. And so, like the fact that. She took care of me when I was growing up, and her feeling like she was a burden made me feel really bad. Because this was the least that I could do for her, and yeah, like oh, I miss her so much. Man, yeah, I, I think it's crazy, especially for the people who get more famous with the art and the creative things that they do. Parang you kind of forget that they're also people na apostelen ng someone, anakselen ng someone, and they have all these family personal relationships that they have and you're balancing that during rehearsals or while making an album well it's hard but then like this is the life i chose so i have to again this it's my music is now bigger than who i am and me in general it's more about community now the people that who are listening to me the people i touch through my music and i i have to do it for them because again Someone has to do it, you know. Someone has to be so others can. <laughs> okay, so yeah, on that, I'll segue to the next lyric I wanted to talk about, which is from Haven. Oh yeah, I love that song. Um, yeah, me too. I love that. That's love my that gay brother's favorite song. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh shit! I think that's that's up there for me too. It's it goes take us to safety. I prayed to keep you, fought to love you, and close our haven. So when I heard that too, it was kind of. You're using the imagery you're using is almost religious, right? So, and it's kind of ironic to coming from like we're a Catholic. Well, that was the and, point. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. Can you unpack that for us? Like, why why did you choose to do that? Yeah, because I just felt like 
I mean, haven. It's like if you picture it, but it's like I I worded it out so you could picture what was happening, and you could imagine it with the significant other other that you have. And so, <laughs> like, I just felt like I just felt like it was it was it was a nice parang juxtaposition because it was what the other people were trying to take away from us, and I was taking the power back and putting that into this imagery through my song. But parang, okay, if they don't accept us, then this is our little haven where it's safe, where we're, like, we can do whatever we want, we can love however we want. And yeah, I think that song was pretty, well, at that point was pretty pretty successfully pointed out in my song. Yeah, I mean, speaking of music inspiring empathy, I as like a straight male who can hold hands with my wife in the mall and stuff. But I guess I take it for granted, not getting looks and stuff. Yeah, so you should, like, hold her hands even more. Yeah. Get her flowers even more, right? (laughs) She's pointing at me. (laughs) I don't know. Like, it's normal. It's love. Love is love. And so, yeah, like, I just hope one day people like me don't have to hide. I'm not hiding. And I hope that inspires other people to come out and... And I think, yeah, you're part of that movement. So hopefully that's the result. Okay, let, let's talk about collaboration, Aman, right? Specifically, Habang Buhay, Janine, who you mentioned earlier. So we've been talking so much about the individual hustle and the indiv- individual story. But can you tell us how important it is to have these bonds and these friendships in this journey that you're going through? Well, especially in the industry, like, it's really important to keep your circle close. So I have a, we have like a, this tiny little circle like group of artist friends who genuinely support each other because like that's what you need talaga to keep yourself sane no matter how you vent to other people they wouldn't understand how it feels unless they're in the music industry as well and so Birdski, Janine that's Janine Birdin si Jolian Denise Julia si Denny si Janine Tenyo so like those people, they really give me the sense that they love me genuinely. They love, they love and support me talaga. And because of that, like, I feel, well, that's one of the reasons why I'm more confident now. Because they make me feel like I'm the shit, you know? And so I feel like I am. Because when, when people you respect and love and admire greatly say that about your music, you're going to have to believe it. Because, yeah, that's, that's really one thing. Like, it's so nice. It's so nice to have a group of strong independent women talking about that and like supporting you talaga and supporting each other when in the world where the world like you know pits them against one another or pits women against one another pits lgbtq people one an- against one another but the men can celebrate wins together so like i want to show the world talaga na you can have this sense of community na genuine talaga in this industry because that's what that's the stereotype and like you can't have real friends or blah 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 like if you're famous everyone lies blah 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 like no i'm feeling fine <laughs> i'm feeling like my friends are my friends and it's really nice to have their back while they have mine as well yeah that's so crucial having that support system solid group of friends you trust i want to move over to advice that's for the second part of the interview more of you know for other aspiring musicians right so we heard your story, but I want to ask for other musicians who are outside Manila, right? What do you think the mindset for success has changed now with the internet and everything? You know, how can people build an audience for themselves as musicians and try to get to do it for a living? Do you think 
you need to do something similar, go to Manila or something, or can they start off in their own place? Well, honestly, the world is your playground now because of social media. Like, you can touch any person around the world through that, through those channels. And so, to me, you just really, because I really have a really strong work ethic. And so, that's the number one thing for me. You really have to work hard because other people, other artists like you are working really hard. And so, if you want to stay in the game, you really have to work your ass off and not slack off at all. Never half ass any single thing. That comes from, because it shows that it shows in the quality of your work it shows in like it just shows in general and when i was doing my music in cebu like i had these music videos and these music videos were all funded by me but at that time i really had to work smart i had to not be shy about it at all i had to ask my friends to do these certain stuff for me ask for their help because you're gonna need help Especially if you're a struggling artist, you're really gonna need help. And so you just have to throw your pride away and make sure that once you're there and once you're up there already, you're gonna give back to them and you're gonna. I said that's that's the whole thing. Eh? Like people do not take their art as seriously as they should. Because at the end of the day, music is still a business. And so you also have to think like a businessman. Oh, and then one one advice is one more advice is. This is what I learned from Beyonce. Polite doesn't work in the industry, meaning, because if you're too polite, people will step on you and people will take advantage of you. And so you have to know your vision and know your worth and stand up for it, especially when dealing with contracts. Because <laughs> in the industry, it's a bit shady then. Well, I'm, I'm grateful my label is really nice and it's not shady at all. I love my label so much. My team is the best. But yeah, you really have to be careful and pol- polite really doesn't work. You can't just be, oh, it's okay, even if it's not. Like, you have, to, you have to learn how to say, no, like, this is not right. But also, polite is different from being kind. But you cannot be polite all the time. So, because pol- polite is just a demeanor. Kindness is from within talaga. It's the way you treat people and the way you act. And the way you parang let people in and how you make them feel. That's kindness. So, you always have to be kind no matter what, no agenda, just be kind because it's free, you know? Just be really kind. I love that. I love that you ended with that because uh, people will think when you just hear, you don't have to be polite, they go the other way to be a, become like an asshole. Well, not being polite is not being an asshole. If you're unkind, you are an asshole. So be kind, but don't be polite. You really have to stand up for yourself because no one will if you don't. If you let other people step on you, other people will see it and step on you too. So you have to really stand up for yourself and stop being... Because like starting the industry, I was too nice. I've dealt with a lot of really... Like people who took advantage of me. And it was really hard. Like for example, gigs. Well, I had this, I had this gig and I was invited and Sabe, this guy told me it was no pay. And I said, it's all right, because I wanted to, and it's for the love. But then after the gig, when I was paying the, the tab a bar, because I invited my friends, he got paid for our gig, for the, our, like, the gig we did. And so it made me feel like shit. Like, obviously, it's going to make you feel like shit. And stuff like that really happens, especially when you're starting. And you're going to feel like a lot of times you're going to doubt your worth, talaga. So it's a battle of wits at 
Like, you really have to be strong. God knows I wanted to quit so long ago. I prayed a lot to the universe. I kept asking if this was what was meant for me. And the universe always provided, saying, yes, it is. Because he always makes me slay. <laughs> I never not slay, so like, that's proof <laughs> that this is for me. But yeah, stop being too polite, you guys. But don't be rude. Just be upfront and frank about it. This reminds me of like a Conan O'Brien quote that I like. He says, put in the work, be kind, and good things will happen. So, parang, and he's in showbiz, pa, so it kind of aligns with that. But yeah, I did want to ask about that very Filipino artist context. Because no? I think culturally, we're used to not paying for our, our creative stuff. Like they'd be expected to be free somehow. Na parang, even paying at a gig, people complain about the, the prices and stuff. So I think it reflects in the, the artists too. They, they don't know how to value themselves. No? So on a practical level, when did you start to understand the business of it? That wait, I can demand more for the work I'm putting into this. Honestly, when I started, I think when I released my album, I started to think like, parang, I did this. I slayed that. I ate that up. And like, I when I started getting like numbers on Spotify, I got getting millions of streams and stuff from Homa, from Cebu. Like, I felt like, oh, I deserve so much more than what, like what's been, what's been given to me. Like, I deserve so much more. And when, when my friends gave me that mindset then parang, oh, you deserve so much more. Like, you shouldn't let them treat you like that. Parang it gave me that validation or parang that second parang opinion na parang, it's good talaga na I'm standing up for myself now and I'm giving myself the worth I deserve. Because if I don't stand up for myself, I don't want to teach my stands to not stand up for themselves. I want to teach them that it's really good. <laughs> So yeah, let's let's ask about that that work ethic in terms of where you are now. Rehearsals, you have rehearsals later. Um, so this is a different mindset from recording in the studio, songwriting. Now you're polishing and sharpening up a show, right? So yeah, what kind of mindset work ethic goes into that? Well, basically, I want everything to be perfect. As a dancer, na like who literally danced in competitions, I cannot not do good. Because this is what I've been doing for the past, I don't know, eight years of dancing. And so I, I want everything to be perfect because people will spend money to travel to see you, spend time and effort to see you perform. So you have to make it worth their while. You know, no matter how small it is, no matter how big it is, if people come to see you, you have to be worth the time. And that's how I feel. I'm right now, I'm working with, if you know them, Fem Manila. Yeah, so they're like a around all LGBTQ plus group here in Manila. And working with them has been really nice. Everyone's so professional. Everyone's so talented. Shout out to my coach, Jim. Grabe, galing nila. They're so, so good. And it's really nice because they remind me of my team back in Cebu. Because my team is also full of LGBTQ people, SHD. They, they, they actually won just recently, Hip Hop International Philippines. So they're flying to the States to compete. I'm just really happy the circle that I have now and the people working on the whole rollout for my new song. Because everyone, every single one of them, every single one of the, every single one of the dancers, my team, 
my friends, everyone's like pushing for the track because they think nah, this is it. Yeah, tell us about the track that's about to come out. Okay, so Mayari, it's a satirical take on the standard set by the society in terms of like some music industry or not even music industry, like in society in general. Because it, it, takes, it takes hits at fatphobia, homophobia, the colorism prevalent in Philippine media and mindset. And so that's what I was trying to like, okay, like, because the hook I sing, maputi uh, because they like me like that, mapayat because they want me no fat, masakit pero in Cebuano, na, which means it is what it is. And then come on, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me love. So it's, it's I, I was literally pointing out every single thing that was said about me. And I wasn't this or I wasn't that. Like I'm getting, I'm getting bigger or I'm get, gaining more weight. And I was like, so what? Because at the end I say, I sing, you don't have to be like that. So basically it's me praying to Mayari to make me beautiful so I could succeed. Because that's what people are pointing out. I'm not succeeding because I'm not beautiful enough or I'm not the certain standard that they have. Yeah, I noticed. So there's also Bisaya lyrics, no? And it's English, Cebuano, and Tagalog. As a multilingual queen. <laughs> we need that. I think, I think that helps. Even people living in Manila are just to get a sense that, you know, there's like a vibrant art scene outside. And no, like literally, it's not just about that. It's in the Philippines. There are a lot of islands. And not everyone speaks Filipino, you know? So, parang, I, I like that representation. Na parang, okay, I'm speaking in Filipinos for the people who speak in Filipino. I'm speaking in English then. And I'm speaking in Bisaya. Because those are the languages I use in my everyday life. And so why do I have to conceal one of them? And so I was like, per, slay. I just have to do it in a very intricate way. Na parang, a delicate use of these three languages when I combine them, it sounds great. Because one thing then I noticed about the industry is sometimes when they write, this is, a, this is as a songwriter, sometimes when they write lyrics or something, a lot of lines are just for the sake. And I don't want it to be like that. I want every single line intentional talaga. And yeah, a lot of the statements there have quotation marks on them because that's literally what people told me. Like, for example, I sing to Mayari, oh Mayari, ang dinasta ng gabi, so the ruler of the night. I, I talk about giving love, blessing, the rainbow heart. So, maaari bang ang bahaghari, ang pusong bahaghari? Like, if they are, kasi to me, like, I, I wrote, the, okay, this is kind of like, it's gonna get deep. Kasi I sing like, um, oh yeah, yeah. Because I sing, Hangad ko ang pagmamahal, natunay at tumatagaw. And then I quote it, Nadi ko makukuha saan yung ito. Because that's what people made me feel. Like, I will never get true love because I'm gay. Ganun. Yun sinasabi nila. Especially, like, the older ones. And so, like, I literally put every single insecurity that I had about myself on that song. And once I did that, I felt the most powerful. No, I'm more confident. I'm like, okay, shoot me. I don't I don't care. Like I'm gonna look slay. I'm gonna kill it. Ganon. Can't wait until that song comes out. It's it's beautiful that you're you know sending this message out to other people who just need to, to hear that kind of music. Taking the power back talaga. Mismo, mismo. Okay, so I do wanna end it with just like 
you've been saying so far, you know, all the, the things you've been processing, it comes out to your music. But I just wonder if there's anything outside music and dancing that you like to fall back on that kind of... Because sometimes it gets really busy with the industry and the rehearsals. Are there any other things that you do to maintain you know, your mental health? One thing I do is... Because I have like a group of friends talaga in Cebu back home. And so I rely on them a lot. My best friend, Dane, she's coming to Mandela for Pride on the 24th to see me perform because she saw that I was doing a tour. And so she booked a ticket already and she's coming to see me. Stuff like, stuff like that really makes me feel at ease. Na parang I'm loved, appreciated, and celebrated. And that's all I need to keep going. But I also like reading like webtoons, like the mangas, because I'm a, I'm a huge, like I'm a huge reader. And I just love like, when I have free time, I just love reading. And I love like, because like, it inspires me then, it shows me like, oh, this type of love actually exists then. Like I see, oh, th- my friends literally like went through this. Ganon. And then, yeah, I think that's, it's really fun. Like that's what takes most of my time, but mostly it's work. <laughs> it's making music and rehearsing and performing and meeting and yeah. And doing this stuff, yeah, yeah. which I love. What are your hopes now for the the music industry that you're a part of now? And yeah, you're you're part of that movement now of these new shows. Well, if I the selfish answer is I hope it works out for me. <laughs> I can't yeah. believe I said that. <laughs> but yeah, like I really, really, really from the bottom of my heart hope it works out for me because I work too hard for it not to. But then for the music industry in general, I hope it rewards people who work really hard Dom I've seen it I've loved our conversation and I've seen the work you put into it and you deserve it you slay thank you oh yeah if there's anything you want to promote maybe you can just like any upcoming shows I have a tour this June the Mayari Moonlight Ball so I have a lot of shows that's on my Instagram so you can follow me at domguyat16 on Instagram and TikTok and on TikTok I'm more unhinged on Instagram I'm more slay so it's up to you which one you want to follow <laughs> okay. but yeah I'm doing a lot for Mayari my new song which is out on Spotify yeah I hope you guys enjoy it I worked really hard to put it out and I'm hoping this time it works out for me So that was it. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Please remember that we really love it when you guys engage with the content and social media. Feel free to tag us in your stories and share anything you've learned about these episodes. We super appreciate it when you guys do that. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Quentong Creatives and on TikTok at kcreatives.gl. It isn't no, 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 no.